Welcome to Daily Dose Danny. This is episode 27. Here we redefine our lives by following our dreams, our side hustles, or our full-time startups. We share stories from our passionate women building their dreams with a community challenging the nine to five. If you can dream it, you can do it. Today I'm speaking with Nicole Denholder, the founder of Next Chapter, advisor and speaker. She is working to get female founders funded, and today she shares her startup story and her moments that made her. So hi, Nicole, and thanks so much for joining me today. Please tell us more about yourself. Hi, Danny, and thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm really excited. Um, so hi, everyone. I'm Nicole Denholder, and I'm the founder of Next Chapter Ventures. So my story is that I'm ex consultant and have moved into the entrepreneurial space. And I started working um, or my career with PricewaterhouseCoopers in their IPO and management consulting areas. So I was with them for around 12 plus years. And just based on a variety of experiences, I then decided to become an entrepreneur based on supporting women-led businesses to access capital. And from that, I started a rewards-based crowdfunding platform for female founders in Asia. And then following on from that, I've built a platform where female entrepreneurs go to understand and seek capital for their businesses in Asia and Australia. And what we do is we support female founders in understanding different types of funding available to them, where to find them, how to approach that funding. And we do that through our two programs. We have our Savvy Club and our Capital Club, which are designed to support women in revenue and business growth, because it's so important to think of that alongside different funding opportunities like crowdfunding grants, revenue-based financing, angel investment, all the way to venture capital. That's so exciting. I think this is a question people often bring up, especially when we're doing a lot of startup podcasts. Um, So what would you say is your biggest tip for female founders here in Hong Kong? In terms of funding? Yes, correct. So in terms of funding, what I would suggest is really a come to us. (laughs) (laughs) hundred (laughs) percent. But secondly, there's three elements that come in here. What's the plan of your business? What kind of revenue goals have you set? And are they sufficient to meet that? And what kind of external capital can you be considering that could support those goals? It doesn't always have to be equity because a lot of women don't want to give up Uh, you know, ownership of their company or then they're not interested in that equity element early on and maybe their business isn't in that position. But it's really analyzing if you're a SaaS-based model, uh, can you look at revenue-based financing because there's growing interest in that? Can you look at rewards-based crowdfunding, particularly if you're in early stage or product-based, you want to build up your marketing as well as your funding? Many grants are out there and, you know, there's a lot of programs out there that do offer money. And, you know, we've moved obviously much more virtual over the past 12 to 18 months. And so you may not see as many opportunities locally. And I'm not just talking Hong Kong, but whatever geography you might be in. But actually, there's a lot more global opportunities than they've ever been. That's amazing. That's good to know, because like you mentioned, a lot of um, founders don't necessarily want to give up the um, decision making for their businesses. So I think there's a lot of fear when it comes to getting funding and getting other people involved because they don't want to lose the vision for their company. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of people have asked me, so what do I how do I when do I know if it's like a good time for me to get an investor? Um, and how do you protect yourself as the visionary of the company to not lose 
um, the autonomy to to continue with your vision, um, no matter with the investors that are involved. Sure. I think a really important point here is we're talking about minority ownership versus majority ownership. And when you're in the early stages, there's, you know, seed, you might have family and friends that you might be considering, or you might be further along looking at seed or early stage funding from an angel investor or a venture capital investor, which is further along. The, the key thing to remember is for each of these, they're giving you some money. Maybe they're giving you some advice or mentoring or introductions as well, but they're only taking a small percentage of your business and you are still completely in control of that business. Um, obviously, you need to report to them because they've injected capital into it. So there's a reporting line, but the reality is that that concept of moving from um, being the owner and visionary to not really controlling your company that's a very that's a much longer journey that takes on larger amounts of capital being injected and the reality is as you go through your business i think many founders founders find that having additional support advice coaching on building the vision and where to take it actually can be very useful so i think that um a lot of this fear around lack of ownership which is completely understandable and um you know i myself have had that i think everyone has that but it's something also to consider in the longer term journey as you grow actually you need more support if you're going to be a sizable business that takes on equity yeah definitely and i think it's about finding the the right investors that align with your vision um and that that would i definitely think help with some of the fear that we have that people have around getting that external funding and support for their businesses. So now if we were to join your club, so let's talk about mm-hmm. some of your club services that you offer. Um, are people able then to learn more and be connected with potential investors or how does your club help support female startup businesses? Sure. So we have the Savvy Club, which is targeting or working with female founders who are interested in growing their business but it may not be that they really want equity at this point or they really maybe you don't know what type of funding is right for you which is completely understandable i know that i often talk to a lot of people um, asking about crowdfunding to first and foremost understand what it is and determine if it's right for them and if it's not the next question is well where else could i look for funding and so part of the savvy club and the reason we've got the savvy club is all about knowledge and a community talking about how do I build my business through revenue plus um, external sources of capital? And so we run masterclasses around that. So we've run masterclasses on different types of capital, revenue-based financing, um, crowdfunding. We've had a grant consultant come in and talk about how do you apply and look for grants. And also we have had impact measurement experts come in so that you can actually start understanding, particularly if you've got an impact element to your business, how do I share that information with not just potential investors, but um, potential partners or customers? So we have a lot of masterclasses in there. And we also feature each month one, you know, an important factor is that women want to see someone who's been there, done that. So we feature an entrepreneur in residence or an investor in residence each month to give insights on their journey and to be able to ask questions about their journey as well. And we try and change that around a bit. So it might be someone that has done business advisory, then invested or is an angel investor or has that venture capital angle or someone that's taken different types of investment or is in an incubator. So we can be sharing those stories because running a business is a journey and there's no one size that fits all. And so we're really big on, okay, come in and where are you in your journey and what's right for you? So that's what the Savvy Club is about. 
And so you get access to different types of organizations that do funding or different types of capital. And we're really proud because quite a few of our members have gotten into the Cardia Women's um, Initiative, which is a grant based program and have been successful in being shortlisted there and then getting, you know, say, for example, 30,000 US dollars through their programs. We've had members become a founder institute fellowships, which we're really proud about. We've had members win pitch competitions. So we're really there. Our KPI is that women are achieving those goals. And then our second business just um, is our second program is our capital club. And that's very specific. It's more like a course where what we're doing is we're helping women go through the equity fundraising process, moving from investor preparation, financial confidence, securing the deal and post-deal leadership. And that's a bit more of a programmatic approach because there's steps you need to take when you're equity fundraising. And it's interesting that you said um, around women want strategic investors, and that's what we really build into that program. So if you want a strategic investor, you need to be really analyzing who that is, where they are, and talking to them early enough that you get into their own strategic plan. Because if they're not just giving you money, but some form of support, they need to consider you in context of their portfolio. And that takes time for them as well. So we really encourage everyone to start that thinking and that journey as early as possible. Yeah, that's such good advice. I think um, definitely if um, people want to find out more, like you say, about the types of investment um, and learn more from you guys, and it'd be great for them to join those two program options that you offer. Yeah. So you mentioned a few of your success stories. Do you mind telling us the the businesses that you think did or achieved the most success coming through you guys and, and what are their types of companies? What are the names and, um, and how do you think you were able to support them and, and help them achieve that success? Um, okay, so I mean, one really great example is Polly from Conscious Paper who um, has been a Savvy Club member, has a great business where she is bringing um, conscious paper literally in terms of, um, you know, licey paper or paper that companies use that hotels might put into their um, organisations. And it's all based on materials from Sri Lanka and India that are reusable, that are good for the environment. And, um, you know, she was is a member with us was on um, joined the founders institute and then has just been um, accepted into startup world which is a big program in the netherlands we're really proud of being part of her her journey um you know we've got other members that have um successfully fundraised equity funding and um two of them have just closed recently and that's been really great to see because then you're starting to look over this five hundred thousand dollar mark of fundraising which is a you know it's a really great step for a business to make because then you can be hiring and moving forward um we've had uh, i mentioned cardi women's initiative natalie chan from own academy here in hong kong joined um joined their program after joining a pop-up we did with their paris team uh, joined uh, applied to their program after we did a pop-up with their paris team and um, were shortlisted for their east asia um list and then went on and was one of the runners up and so that was fantastic news so we're seeing a lot of that come through and then we're in the process of supporting other founders as they're going through their journey i think the thing to remember is each business is different. So not thinking, oh, I must be getting X, Y, and Z. I look at them, but it's like, what's right for you right now or in the next six months or the next 12 months and focus on that because that's what moves you forward. Exactly. It's all about 
sort of deciding what your goals are and things but that's always great we we love success stories and and sort of sharing that I think it always helps motivate people because I think one of the biggest things that always come up comes up is like there's so many ideas out there but there's so few people that actually sit through it because it's the fears that hold you back it's it's the not knowing will it be successful will it work so I think that's that's the reason of this podcast and listening to success stories because it helps motivate and encourage people to to truly just go ahead and follow their dreams and, and not let the fears and the doubts get the best of them at times absolutely perfect so please share more of your defining moments that help you shift onto this journey and find your voice and your passion um i mean one place to start would be the um the great reality which i'm really proud of is i had a great career with um, price waterhouse groups and i enjoyed working with them although i'm in entrepreneurship now i enjoyed working at a corporate it's a different um environment but i worked with great people great clients and and worked in many many countries but the reality was it involved weekly travel and so i was traveling weekly for over 12 plus years and when I fell pregnant, I realized that this was an opportunity to change. And so when I had um, my first child, I really assessed, you know, how do I want to, you know, build a life going forward that brings all the elements that are important to me together. And I'd really, as I said, I'd enjoyed corporate, but one key element coming forward, and I think you hear this from a lot of different people, mothers certainly, but certainly many other people, and I see this as a, as a change in behaviours even just more broadly, is that people want a bit more of a flexible working environment, um, and technology really enables that. And, um, you know, it was a real motivation for me to, to think about moving into entrepreneurship and starting my own business and it's funny because I say flexibility was quite key but flexible schedule doesn't always result in a flexible mind because as an entrepreneur you are always on um, and, I, and I found that was quite interesting moving from corporate to entrepreneurship it, it has been that change um, but it really was looking to build a lifestyle that allowed me to capture what I wanted to achieve and I think that there's a misnomer around um that concept of, you know, having it all or finding work-life balance. I think the reality is at any given point in time, there's things that are more important to you than maybe five years ago or than they will be in five years. And it's really structuring things in a way that achieve what you're looking to do at this point and, you know, obviously looking forward. And I think that's where I was when I started to um, make a change in, 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 you know, what I was interested in doing longer term. Yeah, I think that um, I've heard this defining moment as soon as you sort of become a mother, your mental uh, sort of shift in what you want to focus on and, and create more freedom and flexibility. But then at the same time, when you are managing your own business, it's really tough to to learn to switch off and, and remain flexible. But it sounds like you're balancing it very well. <laughs> <laughs> that takes time. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. Um, yeah, and I think one other. the... Um, element that came to play and particularly why I've started a business supporting women in accessing capital of all different types is that I've always been interested in the psyche of human development even at school you know I love those debates around you know give me a child until seven I'll show you the man or in this case the woman um, the concepts of nature versus nurture and I think this has always led me to question you know how, how do we become who we are 
and you know, are we born this way? What impacts us on our journey? And I really do believe that children are gendered from a young age. And I think I saw that growing up and I certainly see that in some of the environments my children are exposed to. And I think that impacts some of the issues we see today in you know, corporate glass ceilings where women can't, aren't getting onto boards, um, you know, a lack of funding in the statistics around women accessing money. And that's really motivated me to consider, well, how do we get women to be an increased part of the narrative, of our narrative, of everyone's narrative? And, you know, whether that's leading companies, designing and considering more products that really address women's needs, um, creating more female role models for both men and women, I think is really important. Um, I think that was always in the back of my mind. How can I be part of that story and change in terms of if I went in and built a company rather um, it was very important to me yeah I think you're so right like adding that extra value where we start educating women as like you are able to start your own business and this is how the funding happens and because I was speaking with a friend the other day and she's considering to start a, a female sort of investment um, event and, and community where women educate each other to be more financially sound and healthy. And because I also think I agree with you, I feel women and society has sort of created these different pillars. And as women, we do need to be more encouraging and educating and speak on these topics that we might not have had a lot of exposure to in the past. Um, so I think it's great what you're doing and, and, and shining some light on on sort of educating female founders to to become more confident and find that financial support that they need. Mm. And I think it's always in all of these discussions where you talk about some form of change, whether that's systematic or ecosystem or behavioural, is that everyone involved should be part of that. And so it's really important then that we do talk about women, but we also have men part of that journey because we can't change the line in the sand and they don't see where that change is because then they can't be part of it and they can't support women in their change. So I do think a big element here is, um, and it's definitely philosophy at our business, Next Chapter Raise, is that men are part of that discussion um, and and are included in how are we making this change and, and working with women. Yeah, I, th- I think that's so exciting. Um, and it's great that you're following, again, your your passion, what you're passionate about to build your business and, and you know, create this amazing opportunity for female founders, but working with both male and female um, speakers and, and getting that wisdom from both sides. I think I need to introduce more male guests to my podcast now. <laughs> um awesome so let's go down the tough moments that you might have had when you were going on this personal journey starting your business um what did you learn what were some of the challenges you personally faced I think um as I've talked about the systematic change I think understanding the problem around why women don't receive as much funding has been a real learning curve you know it's obvious there's an issue um, if we look at the statistics around less than 3% of funding goes to women, only 7% of venture capital firm partners um, are women. You know, women raise on average 7 million US dollars where men raise 12 million US dollars. That's looking at some pitch book statistics. And, um, you know, these statistics haven't moved much in 10 years. So there's obviously an issue, but it's a complex and long-standing issue which requires systematic change and a variety of solutions than just one obvious answer. 
And, you know, when you start a business, the big thing and that you hear from um, everyone is what's your product market fit? Okay, what's the what's the problem? What's the solution you're trying to identify? And and how have you produced something that actually the market needs? Because you hear this a lot from investors. Okay, yes, you can get some customers, a small amount, but how are you getting that scalability? How are you making that impact? And so I think for um for me, a, a challenge was digging into the what are the solutions around the what are the potential solutions around the issues. And I spent a lot of time through our crowdfunding platform, um, training and other programs to work with and speak to a lot of female founders to really get a handle on what some of those core issues are. So and that's that takes longer than maybe, um, say, a traditional product based business where you kind of have something in mind and, and there's a bit more of a cycle around how you go around producing and distributing, marketing, selling that. I think um, that's been a real challenge to work out, OK, what where can we make the impact alongside the business that we want to make? Yeah, I think the market research and understanding sort of how you can better support and help is is such a long process. But I mean, you've made such great progress already. I've seen your website. I think there's such great resources. And I think you're really nailing, you know, what the main core issues or concerns might be. And you're providing that support. So it is always thank a work you. in progress. <laughs> Absolutely. But thank you. <laughs> So some, a lot of women out there would obviously maybe want to know what are the tips that you would give them if they were to reach out to an investor, what are the main things they can prepare and get ready to, to really help sell um, and get that investor excited and involved about the project? Well, I think it's definitely, as I said, being able to reflect that there's a product market fit. So, um, you know, investors expect to see a pitch deck. So preparing a pitch deck, you know, normally 10 to 12 slides covering problem, solution, um, you know, traction, customers, um, uh, competition, financials, kind of where your growth goals are. And if you're looking for money, um, what are your investment hours? But you, you can often use a pitch deck or some form of deck to also be, you know, asking for other forms of support. Maybe you're looking for partnerships or distribution channels. So thinking through that, but obviously explaining your business is really, um, uh, really important. And to do that clearly and succinctly. I think the other thing to remember is that when particularly talking to investors, they understand business and revenue models very quickly. And I've um, sat through a lot of pitch sessions where, um, our female founders might spend a bit of time on either the origin story, you know, what's motivated them to come here, maybe that the business model, but actually the investors can quickly grasp that and they want to start digging into the numbers. And so when you are talking about your business, make sure you're very balanced in your approach, that you're covering all aspects and not getting caught up in your own passion about what you do, which is very understandable. And we all do it. Um, so it, it's recognizing that and being very confident around any numbers that you share with investors, even if you're pre-revenue and you've just got traction, making sure that you can talk to those confidently is really important because that sense of legitimacy and transparency is um, very useful. And if you're talking to investors and they ask you something and you don't know, say, I don't know, I'll come back to you. Let me find that information. Don't try and cover up or talk around it because that's fine. You do not know something on the spot in a conversation. Um, and, I would also think about how are you engaging with an investor 
so that they feel that sense of excitement around your business, you know, about the numbers, about the growth story, because many of us focus on our revenue and our team and, you know, um, where the business, what the business is doing, but actually investors really do want to see where is the business going? You know, what's that growth trajectory? You know, how are you going to achieve that? So really taking what I call the revenue hat off and putting the investment hat on is really important. That's very good advice. Thank you for sharing. But yeah, I totally agree. People get so excited and passionate about things and then we focus on one part, but it's like you need to really hone in on on the goal of that meeting and just focus yes, on yes. that. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. So tell us, what are some of the things you've learned when it comes to female businesses and why is there such a lack of investors for female businesses? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the reality is we've talked about funding and the related ecosystem doesn't support female founders. And, you know, that shows in some of the statistics I've already quoted. And those statistics haven't really moved much in 10 years, which is really disappointing given there's, you know, been some focus around that. So one of the, um, you know, one example of that is the most common way that investors source deal flow is through either warm referrals, pitch events or demo days and and a lot of research. And if I take the first two, what we've noticed is that it's really tough for women to break into the warm referral cycles as these have been quite well established. And therefore, it's harder to be seen by investors if you're not being introduced by their network, which is what a referral, warm referral means. You're getting introduced to them. You know someone who knows them. And there's an... um, there's a lot of documentation showing that women don't have the networks that men have. And so therefore we are struggling to access those warm referral cycles because of that. And therefore that impacts our ability to um, engage with those investors um, at the right stages in our business. And it therefore takes us a lot more work as well if we are trying to do that. And the second area is pitching. And I mean, this is anecdotally from many of the founders we've talked to is that a lot of women don't enjoy the, the 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 hardcore pitch where you're up for that one to three minutes, get asked five questions and you jump off stage. You're like, whoa, you know, I mean, they really want to build this relationship and kind of explain their business. And, um, you know, that means that what we're seeing is that women aren't participating in the pitch events that happen um, around many communities as in the same degree as that you're seeing men pitching, right? And so what's happening is that, there's this concept that, or this idea, perception that there aren't investable women out there, but actually they're not where investors are expecting to see them. They're not in their warm referral areas, um, cycles. They're not at pitch events. And therefore there's an assumption they're not there, but actually that comes back down to the ecosystem. They're not um, either able to or interested in accessing, accessing the existing ecosystem. And that's where our next chapter raise through our investor salons at our capital club, through our interaction with different capital organizations, through our savvy club, we're really trying to showcase that there are investable women here. They are out there. They're building businesses, but um, maybe not in the tr- not being seen in the traditional um, funnels that investors expect to see them. That's very good advice. So, if for instance there was one big general event happening per year in a different city which event would you recommend female entrepreneurs go to 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 try to network to try to get more inter- warm referrals as you say um I, sure yeah. i think that comes down to actually your business in terms of um 
if if you're able to, I would be looking for sector specific events that have investors there or country in a um or are you B to C, are you B to B? I would be digging into that because when you start talking to investors, they often have a focus, they have a investment thesis, and you really want to be um identifying working with those investors particularly if you are looking for an investor that can give you additional support or strategic support then having a sector play or um, say you're projecting from one you're growing into another country trying to find that there is is quite important would be my first um, suggestion but if that doesn't exist then the equivalent of you know Hong Kong was hosting Rise which is now going to Malaysia I mean going to a Rise is a really good opportunity to showcase the business meet lots of investors um, you know so you can't take away from some of those larger scale events that have a lot of people going through um, definitely get out there and try yeah, that's a good advice. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think men sometimes have more network capabilities and they're able to attend more of these events. And as you say, women can maybe sometimes personality depending shy away from these a bit. Um, so I think that's a great tip to to network more and try to focus on building that network for yourself. Mm. And I think with the, I mentioned this earlier, the movement to more virtual interactions, it's a huge opportunity to research and engage with organizations we didn't have access to 18 months ago in the same way where maybe pitch events or um just general events were being held much more on a local basis that you either had to be there or you had to fly in for it. And that's moved away. And I think that's a real positive for female founders that we should be really jumping on the bandwagon to understand. And actually in our Savvy Club membership, we have a funding events calendar. So we don't track all events because there's some great organizations out there doing that. What we focus on are where are the pitch events going on? Where are the application dates for um, different organizations like venture capital firms or angel networks? Um, what are the grant programs coming up? What are the programs that are um, have a form of capital involved with them whether that's a grant lending or um, equity and not just for female founders for anyone because we don't have to just be going for female founder focused money but where um, are the different opportunities um, across Asia and we also you know tap into what's happening in Europe and the US as well particularly when it has a global play with it. Okay, great. So listeners could go check out on your website if they're interested to find out more and yes. you guys yes. would have some events listed. Yeah. Great. So what are some of the final tips you can share um, for female business owners on how to better get funding and manage their financial sides of their businesses? Um, I think the, the big thing I always come back to is where are you in your journey? Um, really you know, sit down and plan out the numbers as well as the um, the product ideas or the marketing. And I think marketing is another huge area for businesses and really being clear on who is your customer, where do they live, how do you find them, what um, are their challenges. I mean, that's really important when you're um, growing your business because then that shows either the traction that you're able to build with that community of customers or start making sales, which ultimately then feeds into your investor discussions. And when we run crowdfunding campaigns, you know, a big part of a crowdfunding campaign, they're typically a month long, but you often spend up to three months preparing because part of that preparation is understanding your customer and identifying and starting to pre-market to them before you do the campaign. Because 
crowdfunding campaigns are digital um, digital campaigns and you have to um, hit your funding goal within, say, four weeks. And that's really dependent on you saying, okay, maybe I have five target customers, but actually I only have a month or so to really um, achieve this funding goal. So who are the two that are most likely to support my business? Who are the low-hanging fruit? And I think that's always important to think about because we may have a number of customers, you know, avatars as I call them, but who are the ones that particularly in the early days are the easiest ones for you to access to and make a sale to because then that helps you build that momentum and gives you the opportunity to work out how to target maybe those that are that are you know someone you really want to engage with but might be a bit more education involved or a little bit harder to get to in terms of marketing yeah that's very good advice I think um, like you say doing your research is so important even when it comes to from our side marketing um, you know, building that proper customer profile, making sure you're providing information that's targeting them and reaching them on the right channels is, is such an important part of developing a good business strategy or marketing strategy. Um, yep. So I think that's sort of where that overlaps a bit. Um, so, yeah, when is your next crowdfunding event that you guys are planning on running? Well, we just ran um, two weeks ago, which we were really excited about. We um, were selected by Invest HK to be a core event at the Stump Me Up HK Festival that ran for a whole week and, you know, was a massive event. And we we're really pleased to be involved in that. So we've just come off the back of that. So um, we're looking to organize our next female funding fair soon. So have a look at our website. Um, you know, we're just putting that together. We've, we generally like to have a theme around it so that we can really get some great speakers and um, share some great opportunities. And then we often have, you know, information sessions or small panels going on in between, but certainly our female funding fairs are the place to go. Amazing. Okay, so please go check out her your website then to see more information. I'm sure many female founders and male founders will go check it out. Um, cool. So let's do the sentence finishers. So I'll do the first part and then you finish the sentence. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. So your number one book that you've read. There are lots. I'm an avid reader so it's really really hard <laughs> to settle on one <laughs> give us your top three <laughs> uh, it, it changes all the time I go through so many and it's funny right now I have a 10 year old son and he's got me reading all of his <laughs> so it's, it's literally I'm reading tween novels at the moment which has been quite interesting I'm also reading at the same time a book on venture capital and deal management um and travel books because we're not traveling. <laughs> so right now I have quite a number of books on the go. <laughs> it's a broad category of books you're reading. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. And then best financial advice I can give. It's to be confident and knowledgeable about your financial data and goals. Good one. The best decision I have ever made. So the best business decision I ever made was just to start and not keep waiting for the right time. And the biggest lesson I learned was don't make business decisions when under pressure or you feel like you're in a corner because that's when you often make mistakes or make the wrong decision. That is very sound advice. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Do you have any marketing questions for me before we wrap up? Uh, absolutely. I mean, we talked about 
um, the customer avatar, I'd love to get your insights on how, you know, how do we best find where our customers live, you know, digital marketing, um, you know, where do we find them and approach them? I know that's a very large question though. <laughs> it's a large one. Um, mm-hmm. I would say if you have a good solid email list, I would develop a strategic survey and then send that out with specific questions that you want to ask. And and that's a good way to start with your internal pool. Um, An external pool would be to reach out to um, friends or family or customers that you know well and generally just ask them a question and create a profile based on a few people that you know. Um, that you know fit into your pool of customers that you're trying to target and then build on that research. Um, Mm -hmm. Another key point would be just obviously online research, um, sort of targeting a certain age group or location or interests. And then from all of that data that you collect through emailers or people within your network, um, build a solid profile profile. thesis or hypothesis and then test that out because what often happens is say for instance we're running um, a certain campaign and we see okay cool actually this isn't working let's try this so it's about testing so if you're going to be launching a business and you don't know which channels you need to have um, first you do your research um, and then as time goes by, you'll clearly see where you're reaping um, most sales and benefits and where your efforts should be spent more or less. Um, I know I ran a campaign through Facebook and it didn't do particularly well. But then when we did an email campaign that did a lot better because the target audience was older and emails were more effective. Um, so, again, it's about testing and hypothesis, um, but at least have a base and a profile that you're you're basing your initial structure on. Mm. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, I have one more around um, writing articles or um, you know sharing not just news, but say you write articles about the business. I mean, what's the best way to get that those materials out? Even if you have a blog, um, you can leverage that. But are there any other suggested places to post articles or, or news? So this is one thing. You can write a blog and have a beautiful website, but if you're not driving traffic to it, no one will know it exists. So you can have the most beautiful blog, and if you have it up, great, but no one will go look. So the point, um, when you do have your blog ready, it's so important to Uh, Let people know on Instagram stories, new blog posts up, this is the key points, take a quote, highlight the author, share it on your social, share it on your Facebook, Uh, maybe find some relevant Facebook groups and reshare it on there, Uh, make sure your team reshares it, make sure it gets the visibility um, where it's relevant and needed. Um, It's also very important that you obviously include your hyperlinks within the article so that you're taking the consumer on a journey and giving them the extra advice. Um, You could also then make sure if you're once your blog is up, have your top blog in the next email or newsletter you send out. So it's getting visibility through the emailers. Um, I would also then use Reddit, use any other 
external platforms that are free. You can use Medium, use anything else and, and reshare it, um, tweet about it, make sure other people are tweeting. Um, remember it like you're so limited within your own pool. So it's always very important to get other people to share on their platforms and get your team to help share because now it's reaching new visibility and um, it helps you sort of reach more people. Mm, well, thank you very much. It's very helpful. Perfect. I hope I helped. I learned so much from you today. I was really inspired. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Well, thank you for the opportunity to be on. I've really appreciated it. Thanks so much, Nicole, for sharing your startup story and the moments that made you. It was so inspiring to listen to your journey as a female founder here in Asia. Join us by signing up to my email through my website at dailydosedanny.com and you will get free resources if you sign up today. Also check out Next Chapter Ray's at www.nextchapterraise.com. And remember to support us by sharing this podcast, liking and commenting on our social media. That's the best free way to support small businesses and podcasters like me. DM me for more questions and I'll be sure to try and include those in my next podcast. Remember, we are in this journey together. Your feedback and questions mean the world to me. Stay motivated and stay inspired.